This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Well, good afternoon to everyone. I'm sorry I wasn't with you last Wednesday. Well, actually, I'm not that sorry because uh, I was in the Bahamas. We were doing some some much-needed R&R down there. I used something called the Armed Forces Vacation Club, which, by the way, for you veterans out there in the active-duty military or National Guard members or um, Reserve members are listening, it's called the America, the Armed Forces Vacation Club. Uh, and the website is afvc.com. And you can get tremendous bargains there. Uh, we had uh, actually had a, a month or a week in a condo in Freeport, a beautiful condo right on the beach, for $249 for the entire week. So that's one of the few perks out there for military veterans. So if you're a veteran or if you're a member of the military, go check out the website, afbc.com, and you can sign up. There's no cost to sign up. Uh, you'll get emails from them when they make offers of, of special weeks. You can look at condos really all, all around the world. Uh, some of them are more expensive, but uh, they're still cheaper than you can get them anywhere else. They have a lot of condos that they offer for $369 for the week. And these include condos around Disney World and places like that. And if you order you order it online, you get $20 off. But they also have frequent sales. And they'll sell them for $299 or for $249. And so it's a tremendous opportunity for members of the military. And since yesterday was Veterans Day, I wanted to make sure and mention that. So that's where I was for the election. But speaking of Veterans Day, before we talk about the election and, and what it means, Yesterday is, was a day to honor the veterans of the United States military, the active duty members of the United States military, and to remember the people who have given their lives fighting for this country. There was a wreath-laying ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and Joe Biden was there. Chuck Hagel was there. The President of the United States was not there. So I wondered if he was going to be doing something else on Veterans Day, if he was going to be visiting another national cemetery or speaking to a, a, one of the celebrations that they have for veterans or attending one of the parades. So I checked the White House website to get the president's schedule for yesterday. It tersely said no public events were scheduled yesterday for the president. As far as I know, he never made one comment. There was nothing issued from the White House thanking our veterans for their service. There was nothing by him even acknowledging Veterans Day. Now, we've known for a long time that the president despises the military and he despises veterans. It's going to be much worse now because veterans overwhelmingly voted against the Democratic Party in the last election. They overwhelmingly voted against the, the president when he ran for a re-election two years ago. It was so bad that they didn't even want to count the military votes of the active duty military. An estimated 100,000 were not counted in Ohio simply because the secretaries of state were instructed by Eric Holder, the attorney general of the United States, who is charged with enforcing federal law. He instructed the secretaries of state back in 2010 they did not have to comply with the federal law that orders all ballots to military personnel 
all absentee ballots be sent to them at least 45 days before an election so they will have time to get the ballots filled out and return them to have them counted on election day. A lot of states do exactly what Eric Holder told them to do. They ignored the law. And thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, of military ballots were not counted in 2012. I suspect that we're going to find out the same was true in this last election. It didn't really save the Democratic Party because this was a disaster for them. It showed that the American people are repudiating, finally, what the Democrats are trying to do to us. But what's this all going to mean? Well, we don't know for sure yet. Hopefully we've got solid Republicans in there, solid conservatives, who will fight for the Constitution, who will live up to the oath of office they took or will take in January when the new ones are sworn in to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, to preserve and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States is the way it's worded for them. If they do that, then there's going to be a major fight with Obama. But he's already gearing up for it. The outcome of this election has generated furious anger by the President of the United States against the American people against the people who voted, against the people who didn't vote, against this country in general. I mean, his ultimate goal is to destroy the United States anyway. Now, with the the drubbing his party took, and even the Democrats are blaming it on him primarily, with the drubbing his party took in that election last Tuesday, a week ago yesterday, that election, the drubbing his party took, He claims no responsibility for it. He claims this is not a repudiation of his policies. He claims it had nothing to do with him. We are dealing now with a narcissistic egomaniac who is infuriated with the American people and is going to move to retaliate against us. He's already laying his plans. He's going to go forward with all the things he was planning to do to destroy this country and he's going to do it without Congress. He's made that clear. The question is, will Congress react and fight him on this? Will the courts react and fight him on, on this? Because he's planning to ignore the Supreme Court of the United States, to ignore the Congress, to ignore the will of the American people, and do what he wants to do because his ego has been bruised, and he wants to establish himself as a dictator. He may not call himself a dictator, but that's what he's planning to do. Make no mistake about it. The first thing he's going to do is grant amnesty to millions of people who have broken our laws and come into this country illegally. And those include criminals that he and Eric Holder have let out of federal prisons. Criminals who were supposed to have been deported the minute they had served their time. Instead, when they finished serving their time, they were turned out on the streets. 68,000 that we know about murderers, rapists, child molesters, people who committed armed robberies, people who have driven drunk and, and killed somebody. All of these people are back out on our streets. Many of them were let out and they hadn't even completed their sentences. Now the president is going to basically give these people the right to vote. 
He's going to, by executive order, legalize a bunch of people that are in this country illegally, put them on a fast-track to vote, so that they will be able to affect the outcomes of elections 2016 and beyond. Not only the presidential election, but elections in places like here in Texas. But boy, they made an all-out effort in Texas. I mean, it was just incredible. They spent millions and millions of dollars. We had Wendy Davis running for governor, and she was basically running on the basis of she had done an 11-hour filibuster on abortion legislation, legislation that was being passed by the Texas State Senate to basically prohibit abortions after a certain time period. She wanted babies to be killed, you know, any time that the abortion doctors wanted to kill them. So she did a filibuster. It didn't work. Ultimately, they had a special session and they passed it. But that made her the darling of the left. Now, actually, she spent very little time actually campaigning in Texas. And when she was campaigning in Texas, she was making fun of Greg Abbott because of the fact that he is disabled and in a wheelchair. She was coming out and making absolutely stupid statements. As far as I was concerned, this woman had all the intelligence of a, a box of rocks. But she spent most of her time out of the state raising money at Hollywood fundraisers. Liberal millionaires poured hundreds of thousands of dollars into her campaign. And she got clobbered. In fact, the Democrats got clobbered throughout Texas. The Texas legislature is going to be overwhelmingly Republican. Hopefully it's going to be more conservative now. But they're desperate to take Texas. They're desperate to turn Texas from a red state to a blue state. Because if they can do that, they can control... the elections for president. They can control, they think, the, well, if they take over Texas as a, a blue state, they will control the presidential election here and be able to use the illegals that are they've Obama's granted amnesty to or illegals that vote anyway, because we know there were thousands of illegals that voted here in Texas. We know that was the case in North Carolina. We know that was the case in Colorado and none of those states where there are enough of them to make a difference but they were illegally registered, they were here illegally, and they voted in our elections. So they took a shellacking. The left in this country got beat, and got beat badly across the board. And now Obama is going to react angrily. He's going to do so with support of a lot of the progressives. He's going to grant amnesty in violation of the Constitution. If you read the Constitution of the United States... And I suggest that encourage everybody to get a copy of my book about our Constitution. In fact, they make great stocking stuffers. A lot of people ordered them last year to put in the stockings of their kids for Christmas or to give them out to friends at Christmas to pass them out so that people will have this little booklet where I take each article of the Constitution, each section, each amendment, and I put in my comments. I put them in as they were originally written, but then I put my comments about what it really means. And one of the things I talk about in that booklet is the fact that it is the Congress of the United States that has exclusive control of immigration laws in this country. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say the president can supersede those laws, change those laws, 
ignore those laws or make new laws on his own. Yet the President of the United States is doing all of the above. Now he's planning the Iran amnesty, despite the fact that there has not been an, an amnesty bill passed by the Congress of the United States. He's going to grant amnesty to millions of people who are here illegally who have broken our laws. That violates the Constitution of the United States, and it violates his oath of office to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. It's as simple as that. It's straightforward. Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution sets up the office of the president. And it basically says that the president shall enforce the laws passed by Congress. It doesn't say he can change the laws. It doesn't say he can rewrite the laws. It doesn't say he can ignore the laws. It says he shall enforce the laws passed by Congress. The laws right now say that if you enter this country illegally, you must be arrested, detained, and deported after a hearing. But right now, the people that we're, we're experiencing, and I'm getting this from the border here in Texas, we're experiencing a new surge of illegals coming in simply because Obama has pledged to grant amnesty before the end of the year. My sources are telling me that most likely he will do it during Thanksgiving holidays, during that week. He will do it for two reasons. Number one, he, doesn't, he hopes it won't get as much media attention. And number two, he wants to make a direct slap in the face of American citizens. Let's take our first break, and we'll talk some more about this in a minute. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. I want to correct myself on something because David just pointed out to me that the president yesterday on Veterans Day was actually in China, and I was thinking that he had been gotten back from the Chinese trip. But it still doesn't change 
my opinion, because of the fact that there was no nothing from the White House, nothing from the president. I mean, the fact that he was in China doesn't mean he can't issue a statement from the White House thanking our veterans for their service. He didn't do that. He was in China cozying up to the Chinese communists, people who still would like to destroy this country. We're building up a formidable military to do just that. But before we get on that, because I do want to talk about some of the other things the president is about to do to this country, uh, let's go, go back to the amnesty and back to the illegals. He is going to, by executive order, do something he is not allowed to do in the Constitution. The Congress of the United States is going to have to react. And they're going to have to react very strongly. I think that could be the trigger for impeachment. Now, for those of you that do not know, I have drawn up formal articles of impeachment. And I, have, I drew them up about a year ago. I updated them a few months ago. And I'm preparing to update them again. Because it seems like every day he does something else to uh, bring himself in violation of the Constitution, in violation of the results of office. But the articles, the original articles I've drawn up, are in the hands of the House Judiciary Committee. Several members of Congress that we sent these articles to sent them on the Judiciary Committee to be studied and reviewed. People who have told me they have called the staff of the House Judiciary Committee have been told that, yes, these articles are there, yes, they are looking at them, and they want to do it right. So I think that could trigger impeachment. Now, impeachment is not the best option. We said that at the United States Justice Foundation, that the best option would be for Obama to be charged for crimes, high crimes and misdemeanors, which he's committing in this country, for some of the things he's doing. And I talk about this in the articles of impeachment, because in that case, everything he's done will be wiped out. But we see that that's not going to happen. Not at this stage. So the impeachment process, it only takes a majority of the House of Representatives to impeach the President of the United States. Then it has to go to the Senate for a full-scale trial. That has to be a public trial. Special prosecutors will be appointed by the House of Representatives. They will have extraordinary subpoena powers. They can find out about a lot of things that have been done, such as Obama's lies about Benghazi and why the uh, military people who were in the area capable of saving the lives of some, at least some of the members of the uh, American staff that were killed, if not the ambassador himself, they were close enough to save those lives. They were told to stand down. We don't know where the President of the United States even was that night, that day. We don't know if he was out playing golf. We don't know if he was just ignoring the situation. We don't know who made the decisions tell our military to stand down. I've been told it was Valerie Jarrett, who has no standing in the government other than being an advisor of the president. She has no standing to issue orders to our military and can't be authorized by the president of the United States to issue orders to our military. Apparently that's what happened. But the House Committee investigators and attorneys can cut through the red tape and they can get information about Benghazi, about Operation Fast and Furious, about the IRS scandals, about the scandals involving the Justice Department uh, uh, monitoring reporters in violation of the First Amendment to the Constitution. They can get all this information. They will then present it in public 
at a public hearing to the Senate, and it takes two-thirds of the Senate to vote to convict. Now, with the information they get, obviously there are not two-thirds of the senators right now who would do that. Too many of them are still loyal to Obama. But they also saw the shellacking that a lot of their fellow senators took when they were up for re-election. Now, in 2016, there'll be more Republicans up for re-election in the Senate than Democrats. Because if one-third of the Senate comes up every two years. But some of the Democrats are going to be vulnerable to begin with. If they refuse to vote for impeachment of the President of the United States, vote to remove him from office, if they refuse to do that despite overwhelming evidence that will be presented in a hearing, then a lot of them will risk losing their seats. And I think they're going to realize that. That's why I think impeachment could work here. Impeachment could remove the President of the United States for high crimes and misdemeanors, which I think would negate a lot of what he has done. He's going to violate the law again many times. Just in the next few months, he's planning to do some some absolutely horrendous things to this country. First of all, we got the amnesty situation out there. That is going to violate the Constitution. That could be the trigger for impeachment. We also have him preparing to the United Nations on December 24th, Christmas Eve. The United Nations Small Arms Treaty goes into effect. Now, the President of the United States has had John Kerry sign that treaty on behalf of the United States. But again, let's go back to the Constitution. And if you get a copy of my booklet, Our Constitution, you can see what it means. It says that two-thirds of the United States Senate must ratify any treaty signed by the President before that treaty could go into effect. And in 1957, the Supreme Court of the United States said that no treaty, even if signed by the president or his representative, or ratified by the Senate, and ratified by the Senate, can supersede the constitutional rights of Americans. That's in the booklet. That's in the Constitution. By the way, if you want to order copies of the booklet, go to www.constitution.jigsy.com. Or you can go to my personal website and blog, www.michaelconnelly.com. You can find out how to order individual copies uh, for donation $6 a piece. And you can also find out how to order multiple copies. Uh, to give out to schools, uh, we've had that happen. We've had uh, several places in Missouri and here in Texas uh, that were schools have ordered copies for their students or outside organizations like the Rotary Club have ordered copies to give out to students. So you can go there and you can see about the impeachment situation. You can see about the treaty situation. You can learn a lot. But back to the treaty. The Small Arms Treaty is designed to disarm the American people. It's aimed directly at us. It will cut off the sale of weapons manufactured in foreign countries in this country. It will cut off and limit uh, ammunition being made and manufactured in this country and importation from other countries. 
It directly wants Americans to be disarmed. They have our weapons taken away, our Second Amendment rights violated. Now, everybody says, well, you can't do that, because two-thirds of the Senate, particularly the new Senate, is not going to vote to ratify this treaty. Before the election, they weren't going to get even half of the Senate to vote to ratify it. He doesn't care. The word I'm getting is that the White House is putting out the word that they interpret the Constitution the Constitution of the United States totally different from the way it's been interpreted ever since it was written. They are claiming the president does not need the treaty to be ratified by the Senate. He can put it into effect himself. And they claim that then the Senate, if they want to, can stop its implementation by a two-thirds vote. That's not what the Constitution says. The Constitution says that two-thirds of the Senate must ratify the treaty before it can become the law of the land. And it becomes the supreme law of the land, but it still does not supersede the Constitution. It still would not supersede the Second Amendment to the Constitution that gives us the right to keep and bear arms. Yet Obama is planning to implement that treaty and enforce that treaty anyway. He's going to use Interpol. He may attempt to use troops from a foreign nation to disarm the American people. This is coming, folks. This is not a joke. This is a plan that he has right now to, again, violate the Constitution, violate his oath of office, and to do something illegal. And let's look at the China visit he just made. The mainstream news media is touting this breakthrough agreement between Obama and the Chinese leadership to curb so-called greenhouse gases. Putting a dramatic limit on these so-called greenhouse gases, which, by the way, many scientists have now said are not responsible for climate change, that climate change is not man-made, that it happens through the ordinary course of Mother Nature. More and more scientists are coming out and saying this, but then Mother Obama, the truth has had no impact on him. Facts have no impact on him. Ideology is the only thing that has an impact on him. So he's come to an agreement that is going to cost American jobs, going to cost an increase in our cost of living, a rise in our energy prices in this country. He's come to this agreement with the Chinese, and as, you know, mainstream news media is, is hailing it as a major breakthrough. What nobody is mentioning is, is this is another treaty. This is an agreement that, because of the impact it would have on the people of the United States, an agreement is as a, that has a status of a treaty and therefore must be ratified by two-thirds of the U.S. Senate. But nobody's even talking about it being submitted to the U.S. Senate. Again, Obama is bypassing the Constitution. And it's going to get worse. I have been reading about the new regulations that are going to be coming down the pike. Again, Obama has decided to bypass Congress, bypass the Constitution, 
and not wait for laws to be passed by Congress or even considered by Congress. He doesn't care if these laws have been considered by Congress and been defeated. He is going to have the EPA, the FEC, the FCC, imposing new regulations, among other agencies, imposing new regulations on the American people and on the American economy. They're going to have a profound impact, not only on our economic status in the world, not only on the jobs of American citizens, but also on freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, our right to keep and bear arms, our freedom from illegal searches and seizures. All of this is coming down the pike. Thousands of new regulations that are going to be going into effect. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Denise Simon. 18 hours a day, I live in a world as an intelligence analyst. What I find is reprehensible, what I find is terrifying, what I find is treasonous. The mainstream media has completely failed the American people. So join me for the Denise Simon Experience every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. One of the things that the president's done, one set of regulations he's pushing for real hard, and been talking about it all week, is having the SEC control the Internet. Now, this is called Internet neutrality, where supposedly the, the idea here is to make sure that everybody has access to high-speed Internet, uh, that some group, uh, corporations that have to pay extra for it uh, from, from the Internet providers don't have to pay extra. He wants everybody supposedly to have equal access to the Internet. That's bull. That's not what this is all about. And by the way, the United States Supreme Court has directly ruled on this issue several years ago. It said that the Federal Communications Commission has no authority to regulate the Internet. 
They regulate the airways. They re- regulate radio stations and TV stations. But the Supreme Court specifically said they have no legal authority to regulate the Internet. Yet Obama has told them, full speed ahead, ignore the Supreme Court, we're going to do it anyway. Now, what's it ultimately going to lead to? Well, ultimately it's going to lead to censoring the Internet. They're going to be treating the Internet as a utility, just like the electrical companies, just like the phone companies. They're going to be treated as a public utility which means the federal government will decide who gets to have Internet access, what the content of the Internet will be, probably impose a tax on the American people for even using the Internet. We know how much Obama loves his taxes. Look at all of them that are falling on us, that are falling on us in the last year through Obamacare. Well, this is going to be just as bad or worse. Primarily, this is going to control the use of the Internet by people during political campaigns. A lot of money is spent by people on the Internet. A lot of people don't spend money, but they have influence with blogs. Now, I don't... We can't endorse the United States Justice Foundation. We can't endorse uh, candidates, and we don't. But we do talk about the issues. And on my blog, I talk about the issues involving the Constitution. I could be prohibited from doing that. That could be considered under these new SEC rules as political speech, political advertising. Even though nobody pays me to do it, I do it on my own. But that could be considered political advertising, and that would be then regulated not just by the FCC, but by the FEC, the Federal Election Commission. And I could be shut down. This radio show could be shut down. We've talked before on the show about how the IRS is talking about regulations that would shut down 501c3s and 501c4s, nonprofit corporate companies of conservative stripe. This one would fly to the liberals or progressives. But they would keep us from talking about issues or virtually anything else prior to 60 days prior to an election. Basically, I wouldn't have my radio show anymore unless I talked about something innocuous like gardening. I would have to shut down my blog. Groups like the Tea Party couldn't hand out voter information. They couldn't tell people where they could vote. They couldn't encourage people to register to vote. They couldn't give them voting guides. They couldn't talk about the stands on the issues of various candidates. None of this would be allowed. So we have the FCC wants to control the Internet. Obama wants them to control the Internet. That way they can control Internet speech. They can monitor and control what websites you visit. I think they're already probably doing that to a certain extent through the NSA. But they want to know if you're visiting conservative websites. And if so, they want to shut these websites down. I'm sure they'll go after my website. I'm sure they'll go after the United States Justice Foundation website. So we have them moving with the FCC to control the Internet, to control free speech. Now we have the FEC 
Federal Elections Commission wanting to limit the amount of, uh, put more limits on political contributions to limit what big corporations can do, to limit what groups like 501c3s and 501c4s can do, all of which would violate free speech, all of which the Supreme Court of the United States says they cannot do. Obama's telling them to do it anyway. Ignoring the Constitution, ignoring what it means when the Supreme Court says something is unconstitutional, Obama doesn't care. He's moving forward anyway. And now, here's something I just learned about yesterday. And well, actually, I've learned about it before. We've actually filed at the United States Justice Foundation. We pre- prepared and filed a legal memorandum on this, opposing this. Because the FEC is coming out with another set of proposed regulations, which would have a dire impact on the future of this country and our ability to vote. The regardless of whether or not you believe that a constitutional convention of the states is needed, and you know I debated this. There's a lot of discussion out there among conservatives. Some want to have a constitutional convention which would authorize the states to elect delegates and send to a convention of the states, as it's called, an Article Five convention of the states, which is allowed in the Constitution. But there's not any specifics given. If you read my book on our Constitution, you'll see that it just says that that is one of the ways to amend the Constitution. The first way is to have the Congress of the United States pass an amendment to the proposed amendment to the Constitution, and then have three-fourths of the state legislatures ratify that amendment. That's the way it's been done on all 27 amendments we have. But there is another provision to allow for a convention of the states that could also consider proposed amendments to the Constitution. As conservatives, we some of us respectfully disagree with each other. Some of us are for it. Some of us are against it for various reasons. All of us would like to see better control of the Constitution, better enforcing of the Constitution. But we disagree about the Constitutional Convention idea. But several states have already passed requests for a Constitutional Convention. Again, no real information about how this would take place or how it would work. But here's what the FEC is proposing. They're proposing that if a constitutional convention is called, that the federal government will have the authority to choose how those delegates are elected, and that all delegates elected to the constitutional convention will be considered federal employees. Now, right now in the Constitution, the only people that are designated really as federal employees are the president, the vice president, members of Congress. Those are the only ones actually mentioned and judge federal judges. This would make, and here's the implications it would have. The state of Texas, for example, say the state of Texas agrees that there's a necessity for a constitutional convention, and they call a constitutional convention, and they join with three-fourths of the states that do. So the constitutional convention is set up. 
and the state of Texas wants to hold elections to elect however many delegates we have allocated under whatever rules are decided to elect those delegates either on a district-wide level, uh, like the House of Representatives, or if there's a limited number of delegates on a state-wide level, or allow the legislature of the state to appoint the delegates. The federal government can come in and say, we're not going to let you do any of these. We're going to control the election in your state of delegates to the Constitutional Convention. We're going to tell you how many you can have, and we're going to tell you how they're going to be elected or appointed. And they will be federal employees. They will be subject to federal laws. They will be controlled, basically, by the federal government at a Constitutional Convention. So as federal employees, if they're told, hey, you can't consider an amendment to strengthen the Second Amendment to the Constitution, you're not going to allow that. That's beyond the scope of your employment. Ladies and gentlemen, this is horrific. Again, it is unconstitutional. It is something that the FEC and the Obama administration have no right or legal authority to do. Yet they're about to do it. And we prepared a comprehensive memorandum on that. It's rather lengthy, so I don't know if I'm going to post it on my blog or not. But if you would like to have a copy of it, if you would like for me to send you a copy of that memorandum, email me at my United States Justice Foundation email address, michael at usjfmail, that's usjfmail.net. And I'll be glad to send you a copy of this memorandum. And if you want to post it, feel free to do so, because it's important. Attorneys who work for the United States Justice Foundation have put in a lot of work on this. And the conclusions that we have drawn are that this is extremely dangerous to the future of this country. You know, some people out there that say the, the progressives want to have a constitutional convention because they want it to be controlled by them and they want to basically do away with the Constitution entirely. And they think they can do that as a constitutional convention. So what they're doing with the FEC regulations is setting up the groundwork for a constitutional convention to actually be called under the guise of allowing some limited amendments to the Constitution, things like calling for you know additional checks and balances, calling for a balanced budget, a number of different things that have been put forth by uh, conservatives in this country for years. And the liberals will go along with calling a constitutional convention for that purpose, knowing that they will control the delegates, that they will control the outcome of the convention, and basically to use that convention to destroy the United States of America. What's going on here? Obama is acting as a dictator. He's doing exactly what he's intended to do all along. He doesn't care about the outcome of the election. I predicted before this election took place that if the Republicans won the Senate and took maintain control of the House, that Obama would not care, that he was not going to slow down anything he was going to do. That's another reason I'm calling for impeachment, because if the man is fighting impeachment, he's not going to be able to keep continuing to pull the stunts he's pulling. Not going to continue to keep violating the Constitution. Let's take our final break now. Who is or what is USJF? 
It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So we're talking about violations of the Constitution by Obama, where he's ignoring the constitutional requirement for the Congress to pass laws and for him to enforce those laws. We've talked about the FCC rules, proposed regulations to take control of the Internet, to regulate our free speech. We've talked about the FEC proposals to take control of the delegate selection for any possible constitutional convention and also to regulate our freedom of speech and our, our, our right to participate in elections. And we've talked about the arms control treaty that Obama says he can enforce without it being ratified by the Senate. We've talked about the agreement he's reached with the Chinese, which he says is he can enforce without being ratified by the Senate. Now, in addition to all of the above, we have the new PA regulations, EPA regulations that are coming down the pike. Many of these are going to be hitting us in January after the new Congress is in office. Obama, again, intends to ignore Congress. He intends to enforce these new regulations, uh, pass them without, or put them on the American people without Congress voting on them. And I haven't read all of them yet, because there's thousands and thousands of new regulations that they're about to dump. And they've been holding them, by the way, because they didn't want to put Democrats who were coming up for re-election in the Senate and the House from having to defend these things, because these things are going to put a tremendous strain on the American economy to the point of bringing our economy possibly to its knees, which is where Obama wants it to be. We're talking about regulations that are going to cost the American business people billions of dollars in order to comply with it. We're talking about new regulations on utilities. We're talking about Utilities being forced to uh, cut greenhouse, so-called greenhouse gas emissions by doing things that they cannot afford to do. 
the coal industry. He wants to destroy the coal industry. Look what happened in West Virginia, how the people there responded. They elected a Republican senator for the first time in 60 years. They see their their livelihood, the way of life of many people in West Virginia and Pennsylvania and other states in this country. Many of the people's livelihood is going to be lost. Coal, use of coal to generate electricity, is basically going to be prohibited under these regulations. Prohibited because it's going to cost so much for utilities to comply with the regulations that they'll go to business. Or they will have to raise the cost of electricity by 300% or more. What's that going to do to the average American family? Particularly with high unemployment still in this country, with inflation right now causing higher food prices. What's it going to do when these people are all of a sudden looking at these massive increases in utility prices? 300% or more. Probably more here in Texas, because almost all of our utilities in Texas, utility plants are coal-fired. But they're regulating everything. I mean, we know about Michelle Obama wanting to regulate the school lunches and got the school lunches to the point where the kids hated them, where there was virtually no real nutritional value in them because the portions were so small. Children are constantly hungry. And Michelle, who doesn't look like she's ever missed a meal in her life, continues to try to regulate the school lunches. Now they want to regulate everything we eat wherever we eat it. The new regulations proposed by the government are going to require that every restaurant, that every deli, at every place that serves food, even your local hot dog stand, has to have on its menu information about the nutritional, nutritional information about everything they serve, and also the cal- calorie content. Now, how's that going to work? You go into a restaurant, and you want to order a meal. And there are a number of options on that meal. Say you want a steak. And they say, well, what would you like with that steak? Would you like baked potato, mashed potato, french fries, hash browns? But in order for you to make an order at that point, decide, they then have to give you the information about how many calories are going to be in a portion of mashed potatoes or in a baked potato or in french fries, and then they got to tell you how much many calories are in the steak sauce that they may have, how many calories are in the sautéed mushrooms that you might or might not decide to order on the side. In other words, it's going to be absolutely absurd. It's going to be extremely expensive. They're going to, restaurants are going to be put in a position of having to make sure that Every baked potato is the same size. Otherwise, they're going to be able to have to give you the figure out on each serving how many calories are on each individual potato. They're going to have to change their menus. They're going to have to reprint them. They're going to have to inconvenience customers. 
And this is going to be throughout the country. I mean, this is, you know, Bloomberg going nuts for the rest of the country. I mean, you know, the soda guy who decided it was, we shouldn't be allowed to choose how much in the way of a soft drink we wanted to have. That we could have up to certain ounces, and after that, Bloomberg says, no, you can't do that anymore. I could go on and on about these regulations. And I will be talking about them in my blog and talking some more about this them on the radio. But the point is, is that we are about to be clobbered. We're going to be regulated to death. We have to have an aggressive Congress. We have to have more than that. We have to have aggressive action being taken by groups like the United States Justice Foundation. We're doing what we can. We're filing oppositions to these regulations. But we're going to need to get involved with other groups to file suit. So please, go to usjf.net and donate to us. You can find out how to donate online. You can also find out where to send us checks. We need the money. Right now, we're about to get real aggressive on these veterans' cases. And I'm not going to go into any detail at this point because I'm working up the plans right now that we're going to be going after number of federal agencies for what they're doing to our veterans and they're taking away the Second Amendment rights to veterans. And by the way, it has not been slowed down. But we also are going to want to try to get the United States Senate, which has twice tried to pass something to stop this, to try to pass it again when the new Senate takes over and have the House pass it and then put it on the desk of the President of the United States and watch him veto it. and see the reaction of the American people. And the veterans are up in arms already. So are active military personnel. They feel betrayed. They're looking at what's happening in Iraq. The veterans of the Iraq war, Afghanistan war, have now seen all their hard work and the loss of their friends come to naught because of the actions of this President of the United States, actions which are, in effect, treasonous are definitely violations of his oath of office to the Constitution of the United States. So help us out with the United States Justice Foundation. Also, I'm going to put in another plug for my books because the book, The Mortarman, about my dad's unit during World War II continues to be one of the top sellers on Amazon. Uh, it makes a, a great stock, a great Christmas present. You can order it as an e-book. You can order it as a paperback through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or you can go to my website at www.michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. And if you want an autographed copy, you can order it through my website directly from me. Just tell me how you want me to autograph it and to who. And I'll be glad to do that. I'll also be glad to do that with any of my other books. Ami Yaley, A Story of America, continues to sell well, too. It's my patriotic novel and uh, deals with the situation with the Chinese communist sort of like the, the coddling that uh, Obama's doing right now. and I show what they could lead to. And then uh, and the left is attacking that book. They're, they're going nuts. I love it when I, when I take those people off. But I also got the book on Philmont Scout Ranch, which is, uh, a lot of kids love campfire-type stories, and then the book America's Liveliest Ghost. And then you can order copies of our Constitution. And again, these make great stocking stuffers. They're not expensive. They're something that you can buy in bulk. 
and you can hand out to your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. You can hand them out, and uh, well, you probably can't hand them out in public schools. You'll probably be arrested for that. But uh, you can hand them out, at your, again, at your workplace, and you can show people that you believe in the Constitution, and you can encourage them to also believe in the Constitution. And they will have it in their hands. They will be able to tell someone, if someone cites separation of church and state as a reason for denying God in the workplace or in public schools, cites that as being prohibited by the Constitution by separation of church and, and, and state. You can point out to them and show them and open it to the pages and say, where in this Constitution do you find that phrase? They will not find it. It's never been in there. Thank you for having me in your homes and offices again this week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.